welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. I still want to say welcome to each and every one of you uh, today. It's great for everybody that's joining with us online as well. And I want to start us off with this uh, true-false question. So, it's a pretty easy one, I think. Um, generally speaking, true or false, people don't change. I just want to see what you think about this. So, um, generally speaking, how many would say that's true? People don't change. Can I see your hands? Okay, great, cool. Um, if you're online, you can just put in, you know, T, F in the chat there. Everybody at Muskego join with us, cool. How many would say, um, I don't think that's true. People don't change, I'd say that's false. Okay, how many are like, I'm reserving judgment right now. I don't wanna go, I don't wanna be public with this, all right? Jesus was known by both friend and foe, those for him, those critical of him, of this one thing, that he was a friend to sinners. Jesus welcomes sinners. In fact, his invitation to all people, then and now, is this. Come as you are. And in that statement, Jesus has this twofold promise that's connected with it. He says, come as you are, and I will not leave you. And I will not leave you as you are. Friend of mine, Keith, actually one of the first people to receive Jesus um, in our church when the ministries uh, were beginning here. Remember him standing up and making this statement. He stood and he said to a group of people, I thank God that I am becoming everything that I never wanted to be. <laughs> our series that we're in right now is called 23andMe. Kind of a twofold significance to it. It's all about God's working in our lives in 2023. But it's also about God's unique design in us and how he continues his work in us as well. Now, we're all uniquely designed in this way. and We've got this in common with each other. We all have and are made up of 23 pair of chromosomes. What I've got here, this double helix, it's a reminder that if you were to unwind one of those pair of chromosomes, it would be a single strand of DNA. And in fact, if you were to unwind, just untwist one of these, it would be about this tall, about seven feet tall. Now it'd be really thin, but it's that tall. Each of us are made up of these 23 pair of chromosomes that reside in each of our cells. And you got about, oh, 37 trillion cells, give or take. So here's one of these fun facts. If you were to untwist all of the pair of chromosomes that you have in all of your cells, you know how long it would be? It would be long enough to be able to stretch from the sun to Pluto. Remember when Pluto used to be a planet? Yeah. It could go to the sun and Pluto and back, get this, 17 times. That's how much DNA that you have inside of you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just turn to the person next to you and say, you are an amazing creation. Go ahead and tell them that. And then add this. 
and you are really wound up tight. <laughs> when we come to this lesson of, from our 23 pair of chromosomes, there is something that we've extracted from the way that God has designed us and continues to work in us. Now, this is true with life physically and it's true with life spiritually. And that is that there are two parts required. Here's what I want you to think about. With your 23 pair of chromosomes, two parts were required. You had to have 23 chromosomes from your mother. You had to have 23 chromosomes from your father. And then they combined in a unique one-of-a-kind combination. But if you didn't have the two parts, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't have life. And as it is physically, so it is true also spiritually. There's two parts required. There's two parts required for us to have spiritual life. We talked about that last week. You can check that out if you happen to miss that. As we continue to talk about how God continues working in our lives, there's going to be two parts required. There's going to be God's part, and there's going to be our part. Now, if you have received Jesus, if you've received spiritual life, this is a declaration that is true for you. It is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, means you've opened your life up to him, then you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You know what that means? It means as this new that there is change that's taken place in you and that there's change that God has for you. And that's the subject that we're going after this weekend. We're gonna talk about change and growth. Primarily, we're just talking about change. We'll talk about growth in an upcoming one, but God's part and our part in this. Now, experience may have taught you this, whether you're a little bit cynical or jaded or it's like you've been around the planet enough times to go, like, you know, experience says people don't change. But Jesus, on the other hand, says people can change. And in fact, as these words come before us, we realize that people really can change. Second Corinthians tells us that, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what some of you were. But you were washed, and you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name, that means by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now I want us to go back to verse 11 and just read these words together. Everybody with me? Ready? And... That is what some of you See, there's been change that took place. And in some cases, there's this significant change that's taken place in us. That's what Jesus wants to be able to do in each and every one of our lives. Which kind of opens up the question, what change? One of the cool things that Jesus has done for us. To receive him means that he washes us, he sanctifies us, he justifies us, which I know they can just kind of go right over your head, right? But washing is talking about things that are taking place on the outside. Justified is taking place on the inside. I mean, I'm made right with God. But sanctified, that's all about being set aside for purpose or its new purpose that's restored. So purpose that was lost, but purpose that has been restored. How many have ever had your teeth cleaned? 
Cast your hands, have your teeth clean. Yeah, just put that in the chat too. If you haven't, I'd recommend it. All right. If you go to have your teeth cleaned, you're gonna sit in a chair and the hygienist is going to, you know, stay there, you know, like open your mouth and they're going to begin to do the process of cleaning your teeth. Now, if when you're sitting in the chair and you hear the hygienist go, oh shoot, not a good thing, right? It's never a good thing to hear that those words being spoken over you when you're there with your mouth open. And you go on to hear him say, I don't have my scraper, right? Everybody knows what that tool looks like, one of, right? One of, one of these. But fortunately, the hygienist in the next booth over goes like, hey, it's okay. I'm just finishing up. Here, you can use mine. And, you know, like how many are going to open up for this scraper that has been in somebody else's mouth. Yeah, you is right. I'm going to tell you something, and you may never want your teeth cleaned again. The dirty little secret is, do you know that the scraper that is being put into your mouth has been in somebody else's mouth before? It's true. But... It was washed, and it was justified, and it was sanctified. Or in other words, it was thoroughly cleaned on the outside. It was sterilized, and it went from being, out of somebody else's mouth, not fit for reuse to the place that it is completely ready to be reused. Again, it has been purposed, restored. That's what Jesus wants to do in us. Now, with purpose restored, that brings us to change. So if I had to ask you right now, 2023, what change would you want to occur in your life in 2023? Think about it for just a second. What change would I want to occur in my life in 2023? How many can think of something? You can think of a change that you want to do. Again, let me see in the chat there. Okay, great, all right. Hold on to that. In fact, if you have a pen, I'm gonna ask you to write it down. That one changes. If we were to put something next to it, similar, what change would Jesus want? If you could ask Jesus, Jesus, what change would you want to occur in my life in 2023? How many think there would be something? Yeah, <laughs> you don't raise your hand. Like, how many know what that something would be? What change would Jesus want in your life? I don't want you to lose this question, though I understand it's a little bit deeper. When I was asking myself this question, I didn't have anything that came to my mind right away. <laughs> Not that I don't have issues and stuff, but it was like, I, I just can't think of anything right now. I actually, after puzzling for a day, I asked a few friends, hey, would you pray with me about this question? What change would Jesus want in my life in 2023? I didn't ask him for suggestions, <laughs> right? Like, I just said, would you pray with me about that? And you know what? Jesus hasn't shown me one thing that I need to change in my life in 2023. He showed me, there were like three. I went from like, I'm not sure to like clear as a bell. There's three things I know Jesus wants these changes to occur in my life. No, and change takes place with us. There's really two ways that we can change. You can change on the outside without changing on the inside. We call that behavior modification. 
You know, we do different, but we really aren't different. Or you can have a change that takes place on the inside and it begins to show on the outside. That's called transformation. Jesus wants to call us to transformation. I am different, therefore I begin to do different. A lot of religion is built around behavior modification. I just want you to, to, on the outside, do this, don't do that, stop this, here's all the rules. You may have been through that and tried to you know, put yourself in that place. But Jesus calls us to something different on the inside. In fact, I'd encourage you either to write yourself a note or get your phone out just to be able to take a picture of this right now. Discipleship, here's a definition of it. Here's understanding. What is discipleship? What does that mean? Discipleship means that I am becoming more like Jesus from the inside out. In fact, I think that is so deep and important. Let's just say that together. Ready? We'll start with the word discipleship. Discipleship is becoming like Jesus from the inside out. That's what Jesus wants for. So let's take that back to change. Do you remember that thing you thought if you thought of something like, this is what I want change to occur in my life, or this is a change Jesus wants to occur in my life, how's it gonna happen? And I hope you're thinking, there are two parts that are gonna be required. There's gonna be God's part and our part. And here's the two-part thing. See, some people think change is just all about God, right? But if I don't change, if change is just one part, if it's just God, and I don't change, it means either God doesn't want it to happen. In other words, I don't change, it's God's fault. <laughs> I love that, right? Not his will for me. On the other hand, if change is just all about us, change is 100% up to us, one part. Well, then we don't change, it's just because really, like, we can't. We don't have the capacity. Like, people don't change, right? I mean, I don't have the strength. And I don't want to undersell human willpower because there have been amazing things done by sheer human willpower. It's just that your human willpower isn't going to equal what the power of the resurrection and God's power could be doing in you if you were opening yourself up to it as well. So you need two parts for change. You need God's part and you want your part. And here's the things again, a little, little fun question. Who does theirs first? Does God do his part and then I do my part? Or do I do my part and then God will do his part? Can I pull you? How many think God has to do his part first for us to change? Okay. How many think I need to do my part first for change? And how many are like, I'm not sure. All right, I'm, I'm getting a lot of that. I'm getting a lot of that vibe right now. This answer is not which came first, the chicken or the egg. It's clearly God. God is going to do his part first. In fact, he says so. Philippians 1, he says this. I'm certain, Paul's sharing this with us, that God who began the good work within you will continue his work. See, God's already worked in you. He started it, and he's gonna keep doing it until the day that Jesus Christ returns. And he goes on in the next chapter to open that up a little bit more. When he says this, he goes, hey, friends, continue to work out your salvation. I want you to continue working this working of change with fear and trembling because God is working in you. And pay attention. He's doing this, giving us the desire. It's the pull to change and the power 
the actual ability to change, to do those things that please him. So when it comes to change, God is already at work. He's given you that pull, he's given you that power, and now it'd be up to us to be able to do our part. What's our part in change? There's two words that you should just lock into your mind or to write down right now. If we're gonna change, we need to renew and we're going to remain. That is, if there's gonna be transformation. Transformation is built on renewing and remaining. Let's start with renewing. Romans 12.2 uses this word. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? Say it with me. By the renewing of our mind. And when that takes place, the renewing takes place, then you can put to the test what God's will is, good, perfect will of God. Now, if you have a Bible with you, I wanna take us through a little bit lengthy passage. So if you open your Bible up, if you got it on your phone, open your phone up and go with me to Ephesians chapter four. Here you're gonna get, first of all, the teaching or the theory, we'll call it change theory, and then you're gonna get some very practical examples. In other words, and it looks like this. Chapter four, verse 17 says, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. In other words, I'm calling you up to change. They're darkened in their understanding and separate from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're just full of greed. That, however, is not the way that you learned when you heard about Christ, and we're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, or are being taught, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's the theory. Here's some of the practical. Therefore, in other words, because. Because of that, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. We are members of one body. Another example. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sin go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil that foothold. Another example. Anyone of you who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Doing something useful with your own hands that they may have something to share with them, with those in need. So when it comes to change, we go back to verse number 23, it tells us you need to be made new in the spirit or the attitude of your minds. It literally reads like this. It's kind of cool how it reads. It says, you yourself need to be renewing your minds. So think of that. You yourself need to be being renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's just, it's this process that's going on. Neuroscience would say it this way. You need to begin to form new neuropathways. And we're made for that. We have what's called neuroplasticity. We have the ability to change a path, uh, you know, one, something that's been worn into our minds. We can change that because of the way our brains are designed. In fact, here's some really good news. I think you're gonna be happy that you came today to hear this. Do you know every one of you are getting new brain cells every day? 
Every single one of you are getting 1,400 new neurons. Don't waste those new neurons that you're getting. These new neurons, doesn't matter if you're old or you're young, you're getting these to be able to create new thinking and to change old ways of thinking at all. See, we're made for that change. According to the scripture here, it says you need to learn to think differently, renew your way of thinking, which means we need to start thinking about things the way Jesus thinks about things and let that affect the way that we act. So you go like, well, what does that look like? like? How do I know how Jesus thinks? One of the reasons he's given us this is to know how does Jesus think about things? But you may be surprised at how much you already know how Jesus thinks about things. Example, first example here, verse 25. Therefore, you must put off falsehood, all right? How does Jesus think about either lying or misleading or deceiving? Is he for it or against it? Look at that, you you didn't even need me to tell you that, right? Like, he's not for that. Why? Because Jesus is a truth teller. If I think about truth the way Jesus thinks about it, it's like truth is something to be valued. Grace and truth, that's what made up Jesus. On the other hand, the devil, he's a deceiver. So like, I wanna think like Jesus does about truth, not like the devil. He's like, play fast, play loose, spin it all you want. You know, it's yours to make what you want to. And when I think about the way Jesus thinks about truth, then I'm going like, if I think about truth as good and healthy, even if it costs me something, be consistent as a truth teller, I'm gonna be more like Jesus. And so I go from before, on the inside, I was a deceiver. (laughs) Now I am a truth teller. And I'm thinking like, I have become a truth teller. See, that's like Jesus from the inside out. Follow me? Another example. 28. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer. In other words, okay. How does Jesus feel about people who are takers? Up or down? Yeah, okay, right. Because Jesus wasn't a taker, was he? Jesus was a giver. People who are takers, it's all about me. But a giver, these things that I have control over, I have the power to be able to bless others with as well. And in blessing others, I will be blessed. So when I begin thinking about the things that I have control over, time, money, you know, go on that way, if I become a giver, I'm becoming like Jesus. And if I look at myself, I used to be a taker, but now I see myself as a giver, more like Jesus. If that's how you see yourself, then it's gonna be able to come on the outside. So there's a couple of Bible examples. Think about yours. If you wrote something down, or if you will write something down, because I don't know if you're gonna, you know, it's really gonna help you if you write down, this is what I want to change in 2023 in my life. This is what Jesus wants for me. Do you think about that? How does Jesus see it? I wanna, I hope, help us with change a little bit more. The thing that you need change in your life in 2023, if you think about it now, how many would say it is something that is negative? How many think you're changed, like, I, I, I just shouldn't do this. It's bad, it's negative, you know, an addiction, a bad habit. How many think that's your kind of change? Come on, be honest with me. Okay, I, most of the time, right? And what we do is we miss so much of the change Jesus wants for us that is good. 
That's true. If you get something bad going on, if you're lying or you're stealing, that's a stop. When I talked about the things that Jesus wanted in my life, of the three, two of them are very, very positive changes that needed to be added. And one is an issue that I, that I really do need to, to deal with. Remember discipleship? Discipleship is becoming more like Jesus from the inside out. If you've received Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, how are you becoming more like him now? In fact, if I were to ask you, in 2023, how have you become more like Jesus? Now you're like, I really haven't. That's not a good thing. Because that means we've gone nine months without any change at all. And change is something that is positive and important for every follower of Jesus to be moving in that right direction. So we've either, you know, stagnated or we begin to drift backwards that way. And looking ahead with the last three months, how could you become more like Jesus from the inside out? And what impact would that have on you and others around you? And I hope you're already thinking like, well, that's, that would be a good thing because change, we're made for this. So we gotta start with renewing our minds. Here's where it starts, heart, heart head, right? Inside out. We also need to remain. Listen to what Jesus talks about remaining and what would happen. He said in John 15, remain in me, as I also remain in you. No one can bear any fruit in and of itself, but that it must remain in me, in the vine. He said, you can't bear fruit by yourself. I'm the vine, you are the branches. That's a pretty good, you know, pretty good word picture there. He said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying this, if we're gonna change, we're gonna have to stay connected to him. Because when we forget about him, we don't think like him, and then we don't do like him as well. How does that pop? How can I do that? Which I'm really glad that you're asking these intelligent questions today. One of the way is just by letting him speak into our life. If every day you'll begin by letting Jesus speak to you, now you can do that by just receiving the verse of the day. We've really pushed hard in 2023, an encouraging push to download the Bible app and to sign up for the verse of the day. And if you haven't, if you don't have the Bible app on your phone, you can use the QR code to do that. You can stop by the Welcome um, Center afterwards and they'll help you to you know, sign up for that. But my day starts, you know, 5.45 with the verse of the day that's coming to me. I just wanna hear that word. Now you may choose to have a Bible reading plan after that, great, but you start by listening. And then I encourage you to pray. Now it's good if you pray right afterwards about any needs that you have, but if all you do is just pray in the morning and then forget about it, it's kinda like the week. Here we are. And everybody's pretty connected right now to Jesus. I mean, you're dialed in, you're feeling a closeness with him. But when you leave church, when you turn off the feed, and then you just kind of go about the regular week, it's like, I, I, I just, I can forget about him. And so does our day go that way. So if we would pray throughout the day, that would make a difference. To which you're like, but you don't understand, I got a job to do. I just can't, I just can't sit around praying all day, right? Tell me you're not thinking that. So let me just suggest these couple things. 
How many, when you go to work, have to make decisions? Any decision makers in here? You get decisions, you gotta make a work. Okay, so when a decision comes up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it is, when a decision comes up, would you just pause for a second and do this? God, give me wisdom for this decision. And then move ahead with the decision making. Now you could do that, right? Anybody here have to deal with people at work? Yeah, how many got people at work? Like, yeah, okay, you got your people. Like, so when you get people, like people are coming to you, you gotta go to them, you know, there's this meeting there. If when this people thing is starting to happen, if you just say, God, would you help me? Help me to listen. Help me to see this person like you see them. Help me to be kind to this person. Help me to help them in the way that they need help, whether it's correction or whatever. You could do that, right? One other thing. How many when you go to work, you got problems? Anybody have, anybody have to deal with problems at work? Look at this, like our commonality. So when a problem comes up, how about if you did this? God, help me with this problem. God, what do you think is the best way to deal with this problem? So if you just did this when you went to work, every time you had a decision, a people issue, or a problem, you prayed, how connected do you think you'd be to Jesus? You're going like, I'd be connected to him like the whole time I'm at work. And you don't have to bow your head or close your eyes or anything like that, but I mean, it's just this awareness and Jesus is going then, and now you're getting it. And now you're receiving the help that I want you to get. And you're gonna begin to think the way that I am. We, if we're gonna change, it's gonna take two things. We're first of all gonna have to what? We got to renew, right? And then we need to, say it with me, remain. Renew, remain, renew, remain. And then God says, and then I'll do my part. He started doing his part. We do our part. And then he says, and here's what I'm gonna do. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. My promise, if you're doing this, I am going to evidence myself in your life. Take me at my word. So, quick review. When it comes to change, we can change. Just look, let's just say that together. I can change. Everybody I can change, and I hope there's real hope in there for you. The way to change, two parts required, God doing his, we start to renew, we think about things the way Jesus is and act accordingly. We stay connected to him. And we begin to see, this is real. This is the way that God intended it. So if you haven't written down yet what change would I like to occur in my life in 2023? What change do I think Jesus would want to take place in my life in 2023? Would you do that? I mean, you can lock it in right now, but if you've got, if you can type it on your phone right now, take out a piece of paper, just write that down right now. This is the change for 2023. Now that you've identified it, Maybe you're gonna to talk to a friend. Maybe with our prayer team down front, as we wrap things up, you just wanna come forward and say, hey, this is the change I'm gonna do. Would you just pray with me about it? Again, it could be something like, I gotta stop. It might be something like, hey, this is something that I really think Jesus wants for me. It's a good thing. I need some of this in my life. Let him do that. 
Make the commitment this week, every morning, start with the verse of the day. I'm gonna listen, go to work, I'm gonna stay connected. I'm gonna pray. Decisions, people, problems. And if you haven't trusted Jesus yet, you can't remain in him, stay connected to him if you haven't connected to begin with. And I just wanna tell you again, this is Jesus' invitation come as you are. I will not leave you. And I will not leave you as you are. I went to the cross so that you could be washed, justified, and sanctified. I not only can bring you cleansing, but I can bring you this repurposing that you've lost in life. And that's what he wants to do for you. And if you haven't come to Jesus, I'd encourage you, come. And begin to change that you'll thank God that you're becoming maybe everything you never wanted to be. Thanks, Jesus, for your working in our lives and for those right now that are ready to open themselves up to you. The realization, I need to receive Jesus. If that's your realization and prayer and desire today, I'm gonna ask you, Will you simply lift a hand and acknowledge that? Because I do want to pray with you. Yeah. If you're online, you can just, you know, indicate that in the chat. Any others? You can just wave at me for a second. For those that are opening themselves to you right now, Jesus, we give you praise. May the experience be meaningful. In the beginning of that which is going to be wonderful for them. Challenging and wonderful. For all of us that have trusted you, you've given to us now the gift of change. Lord, help us to become more like you from the inside out. That is our prayer. We pray it in the name of Jesus and everybody in agreement with it said. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.